you have to do it before you know it will work. I have a quick little podcast for you guys on trust. So glad you're here. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. Okay, so I, per usual, <laughs> was in a bath. If you don't know me, I am Emily Schramm nutritional therapist, health and wellness person, lover of all things creative, and I am on a journey to be as creative as possible. So that is my sole intention, um, really learning what that means, getting some books on creativity, but ultimately figuring out just like uh, a feedback loop, when am I more creative and when am I not, and what are the trends within those days? And I love this. I posted about this on Instagram. I was uh, doing a Discover Weekly playlist, and I absolutely love my Discover Weekly. But if you have ever noticed on your Spotify playlist that all of a sudden, I don't know, I'm very sensitive to music, so sometimes the song will be amazing and sometimes it'll be horrible. But it's always horrible at first. And then with a couple tweaks and feedback, you can tell Spotify pretty quickly with the intelligence of the interwebs um, songs that you pretty much are going to love every single time. And so this feedback that you have to give, so you know, noticing when am I creative, when am I not, of course it definitely has to do with my cycles, but even more than that, um, as a female, I think that there's something about what lights you up and what doesn't, and I write about this in my book a lot of what energizes you, what drains you. So ultimately been on this journey for a while, but really, like I talked about in the last podcast, creating space for myself is allowing me to be as creative as possible and find out and give myself even room to process the feedback. Because if we don't sit down and be still and ask ourselves the questions of what do we like and what do we not like, we're usually just too busy to even think about it. So giving us um, space to be reflective. And that's what I've been doing like a ridiculous amount. Like it's insane. And it's amazing. It's the, you know, it's really, once you get past the, I'm not doing enough thing, uh, once you get better at feeling, you guys know in my book, do feel no. If you haven't gotten my book, we are now on Amazon, which is awesome. So the link's below if you're interested, but we're doers, most of us, and some of us are feelers for sure. Uh, but when we're looking at doing something, sometimes when we slow down, it feels like we're not doing enough. It, we feel a lot of guilt for that. So you have to definitely get through these series, these phases of guilt and shame because you are trying to slow down. You're trying to take care of yourself. You're trying to tap in, whether that's taking a sauna or taking a bath, going to the sauna, taking a massage, whatever that might mean. For me, that's just time alone. So you know, there's this like period where you're like, okay, I know I need to do that. I'm hearing it enough. I probably should be a little bit more present. My brain's always going, or I have a really hard time kind of being still and content. All things that we all deal with. Um, my favorite little line in my book is contentment is terrifying because it is terrifying. And so it, and when you look at why is it terrifying and it's just because we are 
so afraid (laughs) of what we're missing out on. We're so afraid that we're not going to be ready. We're so afraid that we are putting ourselves in a place that's not going to get us to where we want to go because we are in a society of doing and everyone supports doing, but nobody really truly actually supports feeling because it involves lack of action. And so it's hard. Um, So when you're looking at this, and this is going back to the word of this podcast, trust. And this word is something that I have never really resonated with. I'm, it's kind of like how surrender is becoming for me. I know surrender is a great word. It's like boundaries. It's a great word, but I'm a psycho. And as soon as I hear, it's like I hear a song too many times, I don't want to listen to the song anymore. Like I need to figure out a way to make it resonate for me, not in a way that somebody else taught it or is talking about it. And so for me, trust is one of those words where I've really never had this innate experience um, being like, wow, that was me trusting the universe, (laughs) right? Like that was me trusting. Wow. I'm trusting so hard. Surrender I get because you're just letting go and that's a whole different topic. But trust is something that is, it's always been harder for me to define. Like, okay, trust in the universe up to this point has meant that I am, I know I'm on the right path, but I don't necessarily know what the next step is. So, okay, I'm going to just trust the universe and just trust that I'm in the right place and I've done the work and I'm doing the, doing the work. That to me is kind of the extent of what trust has represented for me. But I just, of course, taking a bath back full circle, maximizing my creativity, um, taking a bath is part of that equation. And I love my bathtub. I actually, uh, this is so ridiculous, I have to tell you. I actually have two bathtubs because (laughs) we have a perfect little house in Denver and it's like single floor. There's one bathtub on one side and then one bathtub on the other. And it's always been like Bradford's bath and Emily's bath. Um, but ultimately it's become, (laughs) uh, Emily's like work bathroom and then Emily's spiritual bathroom. And there's this amazing artist, Henry Holiday in Denver. And I ended up buying this medicine woman picture. If you follow him on Instagram, I need to post it and tag him so you guys can follow. It's just beautiful stuff. And it's this insane. I was so drawn to this painting and I got it. It's in the spiritual bath. So regardless, I tend to have these kind of like just visions and metaphors and everything in my book. All those doodles are these moments where I'm just kind of knowing and taking a bath, whether I'm meditating or listening to music or thinking or writing. And it was just this vision of this kind of me standing there or just imagine a stick figure because I think in stick figure world. That's like my imagination, a stick figure world. And it's like a little stick figure on a uh, ledge, not even really a ledge, just like a, a line floating in space. And then there's the same kind of line floating in space, kind of like those floating shelves up and above this guy. So he's standing on one and this giant kind of step above without an actual step is what he's kind of looking at. And I guess by the stick figure, I mean me, right? So what she is kind of looking at, happy International Women's Day, a couple days late. So looking up at this kind of like step and being like, okay, I know I'm going to get there. Uh, And all of a sudden it just, it just dropped in. It was, 
trust is doing it at best case scenario. Like the best case scenario for this stick figure, for this little stick figure gal, is to get up onto that top thing. But the likelihood of that happening and just how we are as humans, the worst case scenario is this little guy or gal falls off of this ledge and goes into the abyss because it is very high up in my imagination. So it is saying we always think of the worst case scenario. That's our amygdala. That's our brain. That's our science that has been proven that we are ultimately, we're kind of survivors, right? So to train our brain to think of the best case scenario is so hard. The best case scenario comes when you first get an idea, right? Like, oh my God, that idea would be so cool. Wouldn't it be cool if I could do that? Or like, oh God, what if I did that and then I sold it and I made a million dollars? Or Um, what if I actually started a Facebook group and did some Facebook lives? That would be so cool. (laughs) These are all examples of an idea. When the idea comes, you only think of the best case scenario. That is natural. That is when an idea comes to you, that's what happens. You're like positive about it. And I keep bringing up my book, but you know what? I love my book. You should get it. And it's this part that's like the process of a new idea There's so many scenarios. We are so in our head. The idea itself is incredible and awesome. Just the fact that we are able to process ideas and then like create them is so rad. That's the best part about being a human. But I just think that instantly we go to all of the things that, all of the reasons why, and ultimately we forget that the best case scenario is possible. And so when I look at trust, it is literally the definition of you have no option, you choose no option, you will not settle for anything but the best case scenario. And the kind of messed up twisty part of this is like what you're looking for is not going to happen (laughs) unless you think it that way. Unless you think that way, what you want is not going to happen. Because it is the test. Trust is the test to say, is this person really willing? Is this person really serious about it? Is this person brave enough to take that step? Because I don't want this person to take this and bring this to life or be the person that brings this to life if they're not even willing to fall, to make a fool of themselves, to to do that. And so by saying, I trust it, and I'm going to assume the best case scenario is the simplest way for you to say, I surrender. I know that there's a bigger plan. I know that I am meant for big things. I know that this is going to be really, really wonderful. The hardest thing to do, but hopefully this was helpful. I'll see you guys next time.